Hello, and welcome to the Belmont Story Project. My name is Paul Solomon, and I'm interviewing my wife, Phyllis Solomon, whom is better known as Phil. Today is August 8th, 2018, and we are in the Claflin Room of the Belmont Public Library. So, Phil, how long have you lived in Belmont? What made you choose it over other communities? I've lived in Belmont for 31 years. You and I were married here in our backyard, as you might remember. I was living in Newton Corner at that time when I met you, and I was very happy to move to Belmont as I didn't really have any roots in Newton Center. Was there any other reason that uh, you were happy to move to Belmont? Absolutely. What? Habitat Education and Wildlife Center. <laughs> That's a Mass Audubon Wildlife Sanctuary with 94 acres of open space and proximity to Boston. What has been your involvement at Habitat? Well, when I retired, I needed to have something significant to do. And because I love intergenerationalism, I decided that maybe it was time to start a program. So I started a program called HIP, Habitat Intergenerational Program. And it, it brings together people of all ages to do all kinds of projects. We have one at the middle school, and uh, it's, been very, it's been great. And people seem to really get into it. And sometimes the kids or the adult will say, you know, I was surprised at how easy it was to talk to the child or the adult, and that's the whole point. What do you mean you have a program at the middle school? What is what, what is that? Well, the middle school is a is a school that is built with a courtyard in the middle, and it was an area that no one was allowed in. And. Ben Ligon, who's the teacher there that I work with, and I decided we would go to the then principal and say, we'd like to do something. So we did. And we turned the empty space into a courtyard garden with all native plants and a, a pond and a waterfall. And I always remember we did a, like we had a group of people and we said, now if you could have anything in this courtyard, what would you have? And I remember one, one of the young men said with a laugh, I'd like a pond with a waterfall. Write it down, and we have that. Anything in the pond? Fish. Fish in the pond in the <laughs> middle of the middle school courtyard? Yes. What else do you have in there? Native plants. Anything, what happens Tool with... shed. Tool shed? Ooh. Maybe that's where some of our shovels disappear, too. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say about uh, the intergenerational program? What, is it, what, are the, what are the parts of it? We have we've developed at Habitat the Moon Sun Garden, which is an intergenerational <clears throat> garden. And uh, the Moon Garden has plants that are all lavender and blue sort of like the moon, the night, mm. and then the other is all yellows and oranges. And the kids work in, the, in this garden and maintain it with help from adults, so it, it is another intergenerational program. 
Is there any other program like that? I mean, there are how many mass Audubon sanctuaries in the state? About 40, 50? Yeah, no, we're the only one. This is the only one? Wow. Anything else you want to say about uh, Habitat and about HIP? No, it's just for me as a retiree, it's been a golden opportunity to just create, and we've done that. We really have. We have a courtyard celebration uh, where we bring together adults and kids and we harvest everything we've grown in the garden and uh, that kind of thing. Great. What would you most like to change about Belmont? Oh, without doubt, I would want Belmont to be, would like to see Belmont more diverse. I think it's a, pretty much a white community. I'd like to see that maybe change. Mm -hmm. Which people in Belmont influenced you the most? How do they affect your life? Well, if I can put you in the Belmont group, dude, I would say you <laughs> have influenced my life because you're always making me think. And uh, you love learning, as I do. Uh, and I guess the people I've met through my work at Habitat and those who volunteer with me on the Council on Aging Board. And I'd like to add, even though it's not Belmont-related, I'm very involved in, in Perkins, the infant-toddler program for children with visual impairments. And that's been something I have never done before, and it's just been terrific. Who has been the kindest to you in your life? I would say my dad. Um, because he loved the outdoors too and I have wonderful memories of trekking in the woods with him in all seasons following the animal tracks and uh, he was one who he always could listen uh, and that was very important my mom was was great too in different ways but I guess what I respected with him was his ability to listen and to stretch my horizons. Talk more about your dad. He was an accountant. We won't hold that against him. <laughs> no. Uh, <clears throat> but he was, again, he was a man who always wanted to learn. And after he retired, he decided he wanted to be a winemaker. So he, he made his own wine. <laughs> which, according to my mother, was marginal. <laughs> but, but my grandmother, who was living with us at the time, uh, thought it was quite good. <laughs> but he, he was always ready to try something. What are the most important lessons you've learned in life? I guess to be respectful of people with different opinions, to listen to really be a good listener. I think that's so important and not feel like you have to fill the space with, with words. How would you like to be remembered? I guess I'd like to be remembered as a lover of nature, a good listener. I really would like to be remembered as that. And as someone who is open to possibilities I think that's extremely important. 
Uh, and I'd just like to be remembered as a positive person and someone who enjoys people of all ages and stages of life. Anything you want to add to that or anything else? Not really. This has been an interesting project. It has made me think of things that I probably wouldn't normally think about. Hmm. I agree with and that. And I appreciate <clears throat> that. Yeah. I agree with that. And I'm, I'm just, I guess, I'm very, very grateful for my life, our family, our combined family, the significant crew. Um, just extremely grateful. You may be stealing my thunder when, <laughs> when you interview me, but what do you mean by the significant crew? What does that mean? Well, when we were married, our kids were older, and we had a picnic at our house because it was very important to us to bring the two families together. Wasn't that the night before the wedding? Yeah, it was. So we, we had a picnic, and we named the group did we name it there? I think we did. The Significant Crew, because we wanted very much for them to feel that they were part of a family, not that they were Paul's kids and my kids. And I think we've succeeded in doing that. Uh, they, they, we always get together one time or another. We have garage Thanksgivings when we bring the whole batch in. And, uh, and I think people really do feel like we're, they're part of a family. We've done a number of Thanksgivings with, <laughs> with as many of the crew yes. as could come yes. and others. And as I remember, each one of them has had a theme. Well, I remember the first one, actually, especially because <clears throat> you were out at a meeting. And uh, I had gotten some phone calls from kids that said that they were coming for Thanksgiving. And I remember going out and... We had a chair in the garage that was belonged to my mother, and I remember sitting in the chair and saying to you, I just want you to know, we're having Thanksgiving in the garage this year. And you looked at me and said, what? <laughs> and we did. We did. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite a sight to drive into the garage <laughs> and seeing somebody sitting in a rocking chair just as I pulled in. That was a thank you for reminding me about <laughs> yeah, that. Right. I'd forgotten that. Okay. We also had a, didn't we have a Hollywood Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. Well, we had a theme. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And everybody came relatively in costume. Casey yeah. was, Casey, our oldest granddaughter, was Marilyn Monroe, and she had a a wig on. And, right, uh, right. We've, we've had a lot of fun, I yeah. think. And I think we even gave out awards, didn't we? Yes, we did. Academy Awards. Yeah. yeah. She did that. She was the initiator of that. Matter of fact, uh, I remember getting something about, <laughs> what was it, being the kindest and something that I can't it remember. Was two, was two meaning word. Yeah. Li I'll, listener, I'll, no. I'll, remem I'll anyway. remember that later. Yeah. Okay, this is your interview, not mine, so we should go back to that. You want to talk about how we met? Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I had been single for a while and uh, had done the dating thing, and it was horrible. And a friend of Paul's, and I knew her, not as a bosom buddy, but I knew her, 
And she said, I have this friend who lost his wife a bit ago, and uh, I think he's ready to date. And can I give him your name? And I was like, yeah, sure. What the heck, you know. So she did. And then you called me and asked me out for dinner. And we went to a very nice restaurant, and we talked and talked and talked. And my daughter... When I was getting, as I said, in the dating mode, she would, uh, she'd call me afterwards. She'd say, "Well, Mom, how was it?" And I say, "Oh, you know, very nice man." And this time, so I had this evening with Paul, and <laughs> she called, well, "How was it, Mom?" Suze, he's a very special man. <laughs> she said, "I knew things were not going to be the same." <laughs> what do you want to add? Well, it's worth pointing out that. Sue, my stepdaughter, who I consider my daughter, um, had a little bit of difficulty accepting me in the beginning. Uh, we had kind of a very minor war. And I think she'd been close to her mom all her life, but especially when you were single, I think she, they were very traveled together. You were very close. And uh, But it's the most wonderful part of all of this is that uh, that went away very quickly, oh and gosh. we've been very close ever since. There's an extraordinary amount of love there. But I think one of the things that uh, I'm proudest of is uh, what you especially has have done to bring these this family together. So why don't you talk about who the family are and how many there are and where they are. <clears throat> well, you had three daughters and I had a son and a daughter. And as I said, we had this prenuptial picnic where we brought them all together and had games and uh, as I remember no grandkids there oh no 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 <clears throat> no and we just we did a lot of things that were fun we did a lot of laughing and I think that I know that your three daughters were very happy to have a brother because <laughs> they only had girls in their family. Uh, and John was, John's, he's a cool guy. John being? My oldest. Your son, my yeah, stepson, my son, right. Yeah. right. What do you want to add? Well, I think we should mention, you might want to talk a little bit about the grandkids. Well, we have three granddaughters, two in Pennsylvania, one in Portsmouth? No, where's she? Where's Amanda? She's going. She's in Portsmouth now. Now, yeah, she's going to New Hampshire. Uh, and then we have two grands, two, three, four grandsons. Two in New Mexico, one in Stoneham, and one in Pennsylvania. No, not a, not a grandson. No, there are two. Two in New Mexico. It's two in the southwest. Right. And one is in Stoneham, Mass. Right. And he's the youngest. They range in age from 27 to 13, 29 to 13. Yeah. So sorry about that. And they're a great joy, yeah. which I'll probably talk about when I'm getting interviewed. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk about the that night before the wedding, okay. our wedding, mm -hmm. <clears throat> when they said, I suppose we could say the significant crew was, was born. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, we got together, and I wanted, as you did, uh, I wanted them to all feel they were always welcome in our home. So we had a key ceremony, and we gave each of the kids a key to the house and said, you know, this is for you to use, and we're always here for you. And that, that worked out really well. Yeah. Tell well, us something about the wedding. We got married in our house, uh, and all the kids were there with us. We had the living room. We have a house that has an open area, so it's living room, dining room, kitchen, but it's open. Uh, and um, and we brought all we brought the kids together, and we had lots of chairs set up for people that came to our wedding, and. We sat up at the, the top, wasn't it? Yeah, we were at the top with the kids. And when we were actually, we wrote our own vows. And when we were getting married, our kids were all around us. That was a very special time. Makes me teary. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they, they, were, they were just great. I mean, what can I say? It was a very, very special wedding. And we, as I said, we wrote, wrote our own vows. You should, who who married us? Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. We were married, but you didn't have to have a minister or a priest or a rabbi. So we had the town clerk, and then she stayed for the the whole rest of the evening. Remember? She said she'd never quite done a wedding like this before. <laughs> Do you remember what she said? No. What'd she say? What's your maiden name? Oh, yeah, Blessed. And she said, you are. Do you know what did she say? I'm trying to remember. As I remember, she said something to the effect that uh, by the, uh, off, as part of the office that I'm vested with, I, I pronounce you man and wife, and you are truly blessed. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, I always say I did very well on names. <clears throat> My maiden name was Blessed. I was married before. That was noble. And then that's Solomon. I mean, that's pretty good, don't you think? <laughs> what was your career? What did you do? Which part? Well, you, you tell yeah. us. Well, <clears throat> for a long time, I was a speech pathologist and uh, then went into case management. What does case management mean? Well, I worked a lot with the head injured population, and it was managing the cases. And that's basically what it was. But that's not a doctor or a nurse. No, no. I'm master's level. What does a case manager do? Manage the case <laughs> of, the, of the person. Okay. How did you? How did you be? Become a first of all a speech pathologist. Why? And then how did you then well, morph into a case manager? I think I had I had watched. This is funny. I had watched a movie about Helen Keller, and I thought that was so cool. And I thought, boy, I'm going to do something like that one day. And I got my teaching degree, and then I went on because I needed much more than that to be uh, the speech 
therapist. So I went on to ma- got my master's in that and did that for a long time and then decided it was time for a little change and case management was kind of the buzzword then and uh, became a certified case manager. Um, and then retired one day. <laughs> What was it about the Helen Keller story that inspired you? Um, I think just seeing what could be done with people with disabilities, and especially the blind piece, which is kind of ironic in a way that now I'm working with children at Perkins. I hadn't thought about that till this minute. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And I, I just knew that I wanted to do something with kids and adults, if necessary, but mostly with kids that uh, had a disability of some kind. And I have. I've done that all my life, yes, practically. Yes, you have. Yeah. Right. yeah. Had a ball. I've had a ball. <laughs> well been great talking to you. Maybe we'll continue this talk somewhere else. (laughs) Thank you very much, dude.